So, mates, we are back with plenty to discuss on this Wednesday, January 25th. We want to welcome you to Fox Soul's Black Report. I'm Courtney Hicks. And I'm Nicole Cordelide Corte. As always, soulmates, we are honored to stand behind this desk each day to take you on a journey across black America and the stories that impact our people. That's right. We're going to bring you our news, our views, and our voice. So let's look into a top story of the day that takes us to Georgia. As a woman's body was found at her job, a police, uh, police believe her boyfriend is responsible for the murder. 34-year-old Courtney Owens was found dead on December 9th inside the Snellville car dealership where she was employed. Uh, she was shot by a man who was allegedly hired as a hitman by her ex-boyfriend and former business partner. The alleged gunman, 23-year-old Wesley Vickers, who was arrested about a month into the investigation, was hired by 41-year-old Stoney Williams to kill Owens. Williams, who has not yet been detained by authorities, is being charged with malice murder, felony murder, and aggravated assault. A quick-thinking seven-year-old is being hailed a hero. Her great-grandma was pretty badly hurt after a car rolled over her leg, but she's recovering in the hospital. Here's Fox 2's Jessica Dupnik. She has a story. It was, like, really scary. You can hear the terror in seven-year-old Mariah's voice. That's because her great-grandma was pinned under a rolling SUV in their driveway. She got out, but the car was still moving, and she had to hold on. She's trying to push it that way, and then she fell, and the wheel was over her foot. The 79-year-old was dropping Mariah off at home in West Bloomfield, thought the SUV was in park. It wasn't, and started to roll. She tried to stop it, but got trapped. Mariah in the back seat knew exactly what to do. I took the keys out and then I went to the doorbell and I rung and then my mom came out. I kind of panicked. She was more calm than me, I believe. Mom, Portia Lane, says blood was everywhere and great-grandma was hurt. EMS here on doorbell camera, then she was taken to the hospital where Mariah is by her side. She was like, thank you and stuff. I love you with all my heart. This one equal parts sweet and smart. I always watch my mom and my grandma like when they like take their keys out before they get out. They're waiting on more tests to see what kind of damage was done from being pinned under that tire. You saved your grandmother's life, and she said, I did what I was supposed to do. That's what she told me. Mariah has a birthday coming up next week. She'll be eight, wise beyond her years. Always be really careful and follow your heart. Reporting in West Bloomfield, Jessica Dupnock, Fox 2 News. Mm. Yep, that, Mariah, that Mariah sure is equally smart oh as she goodness. is sweet. Thankfully, great grandmom did not suffer any broken bones, but did have to get stitches and blood infusions for bruises, blisters, and blood loss. Oh, what a sweet, sweet story. Glad great grandma's gonna be okay. All right, moving on here. Memphis's district attorney says the release of police video in relation to the death of Tyree Nichols 
could take weeks. Nichols died just three days in the hospital uh, following his encounter with Memphis police. The DA says the delay in releasing the video is to avoid the chance that suspects or witnesses will tailor their statements based on what they see in the video. Now the details of that video will not, could not be discussed, but the district attorney said as a human being and as a father, he was distraught by the footage. Thousands of people are in shock today after a magnitude 4.2 earthquake struck near Malibu in the Los Angeles area. That earthquake happened just before 2 a.m. Pacific time after the initial quake. Aftershocks followed and the first one was a magnitude of 3.5. The second with a magnitude of 2.8 and the last one reported had a magnitude of 2.6. Fortunately, there are no reported injuries or damage. The earthquake was a rare phenomenon in the Los Angeles area as they usually don't report earthquakes higher than a magnitude of two. Yeah, definitely uh, still continuing to focus on these weather events, uh, earthquakes, tornadoes, flooding. Uh, I, I do want to say maybe a, a summer or so ago, uh, the fires in your mm -hmm. neck of the woods that they couldn't uh, contain. And uh, it just speaks to, you know, the conversation that we continue to have every time stories like this come up is how are we treating uh, Mother Earth and, and how can we do better about uh, preservation and how it affects the environment and the climate. Yeah, I just yeah. think there's a direct correlation. Well, you know, definitely, you know, climate change continues to be an issue and, yeah. and there's no shortage of stories in the news that we've been reporting on that mm -hmm. front. But, you know, good to see that this earthquake wasn't as bad as it could be. Mm -hmm. I know a lot of folks are anticipating what they call the big one mm. uh, in, uh, for in, years, in California. <laughs> yes, we've yeah. been anticipating the big, the big one, one, you know, uh, for a very long time. Mm -hmm. Big chunk of my life. But uh, good to hear from friends and family uh, in the Los Angeles area that Everybody is just fine. Uh, I texted earlier today with my DC bestie, mm -hmm. uh, who now lives in LA, yeah. and uh, he said he didn't even wake up. Wow. Well, how, how are you doing back here, Detroit uh, Foxo headquarters? Detroit Black Report Foxo headquarters. It is snowing we, here I in know. Detroit. We have a bit of a weather event, not as bad as, you know, the onset of it, it might get a little bit more dicey as the days or hours move on. But right now, to tell you the truth, Nicole Alive, being from uh, Detroit and a Midwest girl, it's not that bad. You just got to slow down, take some time, allot yourself some extra travel time. I used to do uh, traffic reports. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, slow well, down. Well, listen, I have a confession. Yes. I have never used a, a scraper, a snow scraper, well, baby. in my entire life. Even, you, when, even living in D.C., I you, never used a snow scraper. You're going to so learn today. today Check out our social media because I'm going to be using <laughs> a snow scraper and Courtney's going to go out to the parking lot and teach me how to do I it. I right. sure will. I care. I know you do. <laughs> uh, now moving along, former heavyweight boxing champion Mike Tyson is facing a $5 million lawsuit. A woman is accusing Tyson of raping her sometime in the early 1990s. The woman has chosen not to publicly reveal her name. She claims that Tyson attacked her in a limo in the early 90s after she met him at a nightclub. 
The lawsuit is filed under the state's Adult Survivors Act, giving sexual assault victims a one-year window to file lawsuits over assaults that happened years ago. Tyson's representatives have not responded to the lawsuit. And speaking of a lawsuit, after a two-year legal battle, rappers Jay-Z and Yo Gotti have dropped their lawsuit against Mississippi State's Parchman Farm Penitentiary. The Social Justice Department of the uh, Team Rock dismissed the claim last week after the facility improved its conditions, saying that they are pleased with the changes and the improvements made in the day-to-day uh, -day lives of those inside. The hip-hop duo first filed the lawsuit back in 2020 during the quarantine period of the pandemic when they represented over 200 inmates at that prison. They claimed that the facility had unsanitary living conditions and neglected the prisoners. Now, according to a stipulation of dismissal filed in a Mississippi federal court, the suit is being dismissed without prejudice meeting the lawsuit from Team Rock could be refiled if the conditions worsen. Changes to the framework of a highly controversial AP African American Studies class is now underway. The College Board made no reference to the state of Florida when it reportedly announced that it plans to make changes to the framework of its course. But the news comes on the heels of a rejection from the state of Florida and accusations from Governor Ron DeSantis that the court aimed to indoctrinate students with ideologies not allowed in Florida schools. The Florida Department of Education previously said in a letter, content in the course was contrary to Florida law and lacked educational value. And as you can imagine, soulmates, all eyes are fiercely still focused on Florida as the governor is now being sued over the banning of the high school AP class. Attorney Ben Crump says he plans to file the lawsuit because Governor Ron DeSantis rejected the AP African-American Studies course. The State Department of Education says the course includes critical race theory, which is banned by state law. On Monday, you may rem remember DeSantis claimed the course seeks to indoctrinate students and cited the inclusion of topics such as queer theory, prison reform, and uh, systematic racial and socioeconomic inequality as examples of inappropriate course content. Uh, Crump has also announced a lawsuit against the state on behalf of three AP honor students over the state's decision to reject the new AP African American Studies course. Meanwhile, there's one professor in Florida who says he won't allow black history to be whitewashed. Dr. Marvin Dunn, who is a professor emeritus at Florida International University in Miami, Florida, has gone against Florida Governor Ron DeSantis' law prohibiting lessons on race with his, quote, Teach the Truth tour, where he highlights racism in the state. Dunn is one of eight plaintiffs in the case against DeSantis. Stop. Uh, Stop wrong uh, to uh, our kids and employees act. Uh, the professor has been sponsoring his black history tour through his Miami charity to take students to historic sites spotlighting Florida's history with racism. All right, so continuing with this discussion, there's a bill that would limit certain teachings on race in public schools and allow parents to challenge educational materials. It is moving through the Republican-controlled South Carolina House of Representatives. Now, the proposal is the latest iteration of a GOP-led nationwide effort to crack down on what some conservative politicians have dubbed, quote, critical race theory. The South Carolina measure, co-sponsored by several members of the legislature's newly formed 
formed Freedom Caucus would bar circular from uh, circular from including or promoting certain concepts around race and other demographics. Republican Representative Ray Felder emphasized that the bill does not prevent classroom lessons on controversial aspects of history or the history of ethnic groups. Rather, Felder said the bill seeks to ensure that teachings on both the inspirational and shameful history of the United States are non-biased. And I see Nicolai Corte, doctor, professor, you already have your notes open to address my, my notebook all, of here. These, all of these stories. I mean, just back to back to back, if you will, um, layers to this huge argument, um, which has become really uh, an, an, an uproar, if you will, uh, especially from, from our particular culture, as to, again, why our history is, is, is so debated, uh, why it continues to be so hidden and uh, denied. Uh, because as I've said time and time again, our history is, is American history and should be um, uh, uh, valued as such. And of all places, South Carolina should know better. Mm. Uh, it's important to note that there's a lot of what's in the South Car Carolina bill that looks a lot like what was in the Florida bill. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I think there are three pieces that I think our soulmates may want to know about with regard to this bill. It would take effect in the 2024-2025 school year. It requires school districts' websites to include list of appropriate, appropriate books. Mm. It requires schools to create a process for parents to challenge material that may potentially violate those guidelines. Uh, and so this is just another example of why it's so important to teach black history, uh, why this movement around banning black history, banning books, uh, you know, not being able to, to, to say gay in schools in an educational setting, uh, how it is growing across the country and uh, we would be wise to, to take it seriously. Nothing to add to that except for the fact that who is the who to set the standards? You know, who is the who to say what books, uh, you know, are, are appropriate or not? I, you know, I have a problem with that as well. Yeah. Who, who is this who? Yeah, and a lot of the, a lot of the books that are being banned are books by black authors. You know, Toni Morrison's go. Beloved is being, yep. you know, banned in schools. You know, George P. Johnson's, you know, All Boys Aren't Blue book is one of the most banned books uh, mm -hmm. across the country. And so, you know, this is not just happening in Florida or South Carolina. Mm -hmm. It's happening everywhere. And we're going to continue to keep our eye on it. Yes, we will. Moving along, the uh, city of South Fulton is taking on the problem of youth gun violence. Just last week, a 17-year-old was shot in the head while taking out the trash. Now city leaders are rolling out a new initiative to keep kids out of trouble. Our colleagues at Good Day Atlanta have the story people just have too much access to guns in our in our community. It's been a heartbreaking and all too familiar problem. Young people taking part in and being victimized by gun violence. Just last week in the city of South Fulton, 17-year-old Maquavius Blanchard was shot in the back of the head while taking out the trash. Tuesday night, McQuavius's mom pleaded with South Fulton leaders for more safety measures and patrols along Old National Highway near the complex where he was shot. My son could just go there and to take out some trash and that happens to him. I can't imagine the fear that those people live in on a daily basis. South Fulton police say they were in the middle of a multi-day crime suppression detail at the time, arresting more than a dozen people for trying to break into cars, drugs, and illegal gun possession. The citizens that live there, they access to keep a, uh, a close watch on that community because there have been some things in the past. 
Cracking down on crime is just one way city leaders are attacking the problem. We're going to have an opportunity fair where a lot of local nonprofits and jobs that are hiring young people, mentoring young people and offering internships will be here. The city's also partnering with rapper Young Dro to help get out the message. There's solutions involved in the conversation. And I do want to give the kids a chance to speak to us being the OGs and the big homies. And I feel like we should give them a voice. The town hall on youth gun violence is scheduled for tomorrow. Young Dro is also expected to perform a song dedicated to those who've lost their lives to gun violence, including Atlanta rappers, Takeoff and Trouble. A Fort Myers woman is behind bars in connection to a theft spree targeting Alta beauty stores. Now, according to police, 22-year-old Devaja Ford is facing multiple charges of grand theft for stealing over $15,000 worth of cosmetics and fragrances from the stores. Now, according to reports, the thefts occurred between December 15th of 2022 and January 15th of this month. Because of an Alta beauty policy, deputies weren't called right away. Officers say that during their investigation, they found that Ford was running a Facebook page where she was selling those items for profit. This week, several U.S. representatives led 30 of their House colleagues in introducing H.R. 308, better known as the Rosa Parks Day Act. It's all to designate December 1st as a federal holiday honoring Rosa Parks. On December 1st, 1955 in Montgomery, Alabama, Rosa Parks was arrested for refusing to give up her bus seat to a white passenger. Representative Sewell was an original co-sponsor of the Rosa Parks Day Act in the 117th Congress and is now leading the introduction of the bill in the 118th Congress. While several states have adopted their own holidays honoring Mrs. Parks, there is currently no federal holiday recognizing her contribution to the civil rights movement and to our nation. Uh, uh, Courtney, I've got to ask, you know, is this the sort of black history that the, uh, the folks in Florida and South Carolina want to ban students from learning? I don't know. You know, I think that there's been certain figures that have been point, pinpointed uh, and maybe deemed as safe. You know, um, th there was no issue with learning about, or that I can remember, Rosa Parks, Martin Luther King. You may have gotten a little bit into Malcolm X, Harriet Tubman, and then you get into all of the inventors who, you know, who, who laid out uh, inventions that have, of course, changed everyone's lives uh, and, and enhanced everyone's lives. So I think there's like this certain group that is deemed okay and safe. And once you go beyond that, you start maybe getting into the Garveys and things of that nature that people get scared uh, because it does kind of like, um, it, it, it blows up the spot, if you will, in regards to just a, a holistic thinking um, and direction as black folks. It, it, it taps into the fact that we, we had different paths to getting to where we wanted to go. There was even, you know, differences in the, in the civil rights movement amongst, amongst those folks. So um, yes and no. Yes, in the sense that, um, you know, these figures are safe. No, in the sense that um, 
there is more to learn, obviously, which is what this whole push is about. Yeah, yeah, and I think sometimes, you know, it takes time for some of our historical figures to be deemed safe, mm -hmm. you know, in history books, mm -hmm. right? And mm -hmm. so, you know, I'm sure that there are folks that would push back against somebody like Patrice Cullors, one of the co-founders mm -hmm. of Black Lives Matter, mm -hmm. being mentioned in a textbook today, but fast forward, you know, 20, 30, 40 years from now, maybe that might be different, right? Yeah, it's, it's just an ongoing conversation. And yeah. I don't think there's a right or wrong. I think there's, there's, it's just predicated on is and what we can agree to. Yeah, as far as our culture is yeah. concerned. Up next, keeping account on the homelessness in LA. That's right, what Mayor Karen Bass is doing in hopes to end what she calls a nationwide issue. Mm -hmm. You're watching Fox News Black Report. We'll be right back. The 2023 Greater Los Angeles Homeless Count is a point-in-time snapshot of homelessness in Los Angeles County. Yeah, this helps determine the distribution of funding and services to the unhoused, and Mayor Karen Bass says she's doing whatever it takes to end the problem. Our friends over at Fox 11 have the latest. Tonight, the largest homeless count in the nation begins in Los Angeles. Thousands of volunteers will be taken to the streets through Thursday to count the number of unhoused residents on the streets. The volunteers go in groups and conduct the count from their cars. Before the count tonight, there was a press conference with LA City and county leaders. A lot of people are so overwhelmed by the crisis, they don't think that a lot is being done. But there's organizations like LA Family Housing that has been doing this day in and day out. This year's count is extra significant, given the priority that the new LA Mayor Karen Bass has placed on addressing the homeless crisis since taking office. She declared a state of emergency over homelessness as her first official act. Bass spoke tonight, saying it's not only important to help unhoused residents now, but to also keep tenant protections in place for people struggling to pay rent. Tonight, we're counting the people on the street, but we also know that it is most important that we prevent new people from falling into homelessness. And as COVID supports go away, we are at risk of another spike in homelessness. Some of the volunteers say they felt compelled to help. Being part of the community, we see it every day. We see how it impacts and uh, definitely where there could be room for improvement. So not having an answer, this is the least that we could do to play a part. Here's why this count is so important. The data collected will determine the amount of funding and services that will go to the unhoused residents here. And leaders hope more people will sign up to volunteer. No amount of urgency is enough to end homelessness without money from the federal government. The 2022 homeless count was 41,000 unhoused people in the city of Los Angeles. That's up 1.7% from 2020. Okay, so from LA to Detroit, let's go back to 2022. The Detroit City Council unanimously approved a right to counsel ordinance after significant public pressure. The idea is simple. Lower income tenants shouldn't be left alone to defend themselves against powerful landlords whose attorneys specialize in ejecting people from homes. So in October of that year, the city was supposed to start providing lawyers to tenants for free. Instead, now more than 4,000 households have faced eviction 
addiction. Based on a recent University of Michigan Poverty Solutions report, only one in five of these tenants will have had representation in recent trends. Now, cities across the country are waking up to the idea that sending sheriffs to drive entire families from the only shelter they have is preventable. Cities like New York, Philly, Baltimore, Milwaukee, San Francisco, and others have passed right to council ordinances, which I think is a must. Uh, as you know, you do have a right to be represented and properly represented. Again, the legal system and that whole eviction uh, system is so layered, is so complicated, and uh, folks need help. You know, aside from you know how they may have gotten behind in their rent. Um, you know, I know in some cases it's just pure negligence, but in some cases people are having a very, very hard time uh, pre-pandemic, during the pandemic, of course, and now post-pandemic. And so, uh, you know, big ups to Detroit for leading the way. It looks like they need to play some catch up, um, you know, as this program has been mandated, but it, it looks like they're falling short of making sure these people get this representation. But it's good to see that uh, this whole movement is spreading across major cities in the U.S. And it's important to point out that these last two stories are connected. Mm -hmm. You know, right, he, right now in Los Angeles, they're doing a homeless count. Uh, uh, last count, upwards of 40,000 uh, unhoused people on the street. Well, how do you think that happens? Mm -hmm. You know, and what this story in Detroit gives us a clue mm -hmm. as to how it happens. Mm -hmm. There are a lot of people that, for a whole host of reasons, you know, are evicted, you know, without a whole lot of due process. And so it's good to see that the city of Detroit, you know, has created this lifeline, mm -hmm. you know, so that they, so that they can be in the business of doing everything they can to keep people in their homes. But now they need to execute. But and, but this is the problem. Like they fall a little it's, short. It's, it was a great ordinance to pass. That's right. Right. You know. But right now there are thousands, over four thousand families, mm -hmm. you know, that are on in the jeopardy. verge of being evicted because they simply don't have representation. They mm -hmm. simply don't have someone, you know, to help them make their case right. uh, uh, in a court of law. And so, you know, we're going to continue to keep our eye on this, not just in Detroit, but in so many cities across the country. These sorts of ordinances make a material difference in the lives of everyday people. Mm -hmm. All right, moving right along, we're going to stay in New York City for a moment, Nicole Alive. That's right. In New York City, Mayor Eric Adams, Goldman Sachs and MasterCard announced this week that they're joining forces to help small business owners get back on their feet by creating a $75 million New York City Small Business Opportunity Fund. Now, this opportunity fund comes nearly three years after small business owners fought to stay afloat throughout the pandemic. According to the city's official website, Mayor Adams announced during an official press conference that the loan program would give about 1,500 local businesses that meet their requirements a loan up to $250,000 at a market-leading rate of 4%. Now, in order to qualify for a loan, listen up, soulmates, your small business should make less than $5 million annually and is required to be located in New York City. All right, just in case you kind of caught up in the confusion, U.S. health officials want to simplify the recommended uh, COVID-19 vaccine protocol, making it more like the process for an annual flu shot. Now, the FDA is suggesting a single annual shot. The formulation would be selected in June, targeting the most threatening COVID-19 strains. And then people could get a shot in the fall when people begin spending more time indoors and exposure increases. 
people in the U.S. have been much less likely to get an updated COVID-19 booster shot compared to widespread uptake of the primary vaccine series. In its proposal, the FDA indicated it hoped a single annual shot would overcome challenges created by the complexity of the process, both in messaging and administration attributed to that low booster rate. Spotify is planning to cut about 6% of its employees or around 600 employees, joining a slew of tech companies from Amazon.com Incorporated to Meta Platforms Incorporated in announcing job cuts to lower costs. Now, Spotify made a massive commitment to podcasting beginning in 2019, spent over a billion dollars on acquiring podcast networks, creation software, uh, a hosting service, and the rights to popular shows like the Joe Rogan Experience and Armchair Expert. Shares tumbled last year as investors questioned when they'd begin seeing returns. A Spotify spokesperson told sources most departments will be impacted across the company. Uh, tech companies, including Spotify, added to their headcounts during the pandemic, but were forced to make reductions in response to diminished advertising revenue and a shaky economic outlook. All right, shifting gears here, there's snowfall here in Detroit. We talked about a little earlier. And while many across the country find the winter to be annoying, it is much welcome and needed by farmers. Fox 2's Veronica Meadows explains how this provides a positive change for crop growers in Metro Detroit and in your community. With this snow and cold, that's what we want to see. This fresh snowfall is a welcome change for Jerry Hebron. She's the executive director of Oakland Avenue Urban Farm, which spans seven acres on Detroit's north end. The farm may be snow covered now, but later this year, it will provide fresh vegetables to the community. We support uh, food pantries. Uh, we run a farmer's market. We already have people in community who are gonna be looking to us for things like kale and collards and like i said we already have spinach in the ground while it's snowing sunday overall this season the mild winter winter is a concern that's because hebron says some crops like garlic need a cold winter to flourish later this year our fruit trees uh, need to to have some frost because we have pears and we have apples and we have peaches. They need a frosting period, a cooling period. Hebron says the cold is also important to kill pests, which they struggled with last year. Aphids were all over the place. Um, we need those eggs to, to die, you know, and we need the ground to settle and just rest and get ready for us for our planting period. Hebron is hopeful more cold weather is on the way. She says it's too soon to tell if the mild winter so far will impact their crops for now. It's all about mother nature. We, we work in sync with mother nature. The farmers are here growing for uh, all of you, to feed all of you, and we're doing the best that we can do. On Detroit's North End, Veronica Meadows, Fox 2 News. Who knew? Who knew? Who knew that uh, garlic needs a frosty period in order to flourish? Yeah. Who needs some knew, Who knew that the, the ground needs to settle? Mm -hmm. You know, uh, I enjoy a nice little prickly pear juice uh, in the summertime. 
Mm -hmm. uh, and, and you ain't gonna get <laughs> no prickly pear need, juice if you, you don't have pears, right? You need the frost. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, we need the snow. We got the snow today. You're experiencing the snow. But when you think about it, you know, I mean, that's environmentally, but when you think about it, you know, in spiritual terms, sometimes, you know, there's a winter season of your life where you know you need to just lock in and, and be, be, be quiet and be still. And I think if we pay more attention to what the earth does, uh, you know, from season to season and maybe sort of kind of model our lives after that, maybe we'll, we'll find a lot more balance as well. So she's just basically saying, look, <laughs> the, the, you know, the earth is doing what it's supposed to do. Uh, let it be. And, uh, you know, you'll, you'll be able to uh, enjoy the fruits, you know, of that season after that season is up. So there you go. All right, you got yeah, a word. You, you got a word for us today. Yeah, you got to pay attention. <laughs> I mean, it's it's sometimes your winter season of your life is very necessary. Yeah. Yeah. yeah Take no. a hint from from Mother Mother Earth. Well said. Well yeah, said. Yeah, man. Up next, protests are in full effect oh. at Bethune Cookman. Oh, the young people are raising up, honey. What the students are demanding and how the university is, or maybe isn't, responding. We'll be right back with Fox Hills Black Report. You got a word for us. Welcome back. How about if we take it back to the top stories? Just in case you're joining us, we're going to go to Georgia, where a woman's body was found at her job. Police believe her boyfriend is responsible for her murder. 34-year-old Courtney Owens was found dead on December 9th inside the Snellville car dealership where she was employed. Uh, she was shot by a man who was allegedly hired as a hitman by her ex-boyfriend and former business partner. The alleged gunman, 23-year-old Wesley Vickers, who was arrested about a month into the investigation, was hired by 41-year-old Stoney Williams, the boyfriend, ex-boyfriend, to kill Owens. Williams, who has not yet been detained by authorities, is being charged with malice murder, felony murder, and aggravated assault. And an eight-year-old girl is being held as a hero after saving her great-grandmother who was trapped under a car. Mariah Galloway didn't hesitate when a rolling SUV pinned her great-grandmother down outside their home. Mariah was in the back seat at the time. She kept her cool and she knew exactly what to do. Thanks to that brave young girl, her great-grandma is recovering. Great ending to that story. All right, thousands of people are in shock after a mass magnitude 4.2 earthquake struck near Malibu in the Los Angeles area. Uh, that earthquake happened just before 2 a.m. Pacific time after the initial quake aftershocks followed. The first one was a magnitude of 3.5 and the second with a magnitude of 2.8. And the last one reported had a magnitude of 2.6. That's a rocky start to the morning. Fortunately, there are no reported injuries or damage. The earthquake was a rare phenomenon in uh, the LA area as they don't usually report earthquakes higher than a magnitude of two. And lastly, all eyes remain on Florida as the governor is now being sued over the banning of a high school AP class. Attorney Ben Crump says he plans to file the lawsuit because Governor DeSantis rejected the AP African-American Studies course. The State Department of Education says the course includes critical race theory, which is banned by state law. Crump has also announced a lawsuit against the state on behalf of three AP honor students over the state's decision to reject the new AP African-American Studies course. You caught a lot? 
Thank you, Courtney. Now uh, off to the family of Phi Beta Sigma. That's right, Chris Ray, international president of Phi Beta Sigma Fraternity Incorporated, announces he's running for lieutenant governor of North Carolina. Ray made the announcement at a recent MLK breakfast, stating, quotes, today we're at a crossroads of freedom and equality. He said, although there is still hate and discrimination in the world, we can move forward if we come together as a state and as a nation. The National Council of Negro Women, Inc. has announced Siobhan Arlene Bradley will serve as the organization's first president and chief executive officer. The organization also has a board of directors chair, Dr. A. Lewis uh, Keith, who stated, quote, we are excited to have hired Siobhan as our new president and CEO. She is an extraordinary communicator and her expertise in the areas of public health and social justice is impressive. That's the end of that quote. After 88 years, the organization changed its governance structure to work more efficiently. The council was founded back in 1935 by Dr. Mary McLeod Bethune, an influential educator and activist, and for more than 50 years, Years, the iconic Dr. Dorothy Height was president of NCNW. A historic announcement at Howard University. Pentagon leaders announced yesterday a $90 million contract for research development with the university. The contract makes Howard the first HBCU to serve as a university-affiliated research center and the first to win a contract like this. Howard's new research center will focus on tactical autonomy. And that's central to U.S. security in our changing world. Responsibly used autonomous systems make our military faster, smarter, and stronger. The Air Force and Department of De Defense Research Center will focus on tactical autonomy technology for military systems. The Pentagon currently has 14 university-affiliated research centers. All right, so we're going to go back to Bethune-Cookman as students there are protesting the conditions of the campus after a former coach, Ed Reed, brought them to light in a viral rant he posted on his social media account before his job offer uh, to be head coach of the HBCU's football team was rescinded. Fox 35 has the very latest. Side of Whitehall, students sat quietly in protest. Our protest is not centered around Ed Reed. Our protest is centered around preserving the legacy that Dr. Bethune left for us. They want to improve their lives and the lives of the students to follow them at Bethune-Cookman University. Everybody always regurgitate the phrase, this is the HBCU lifestyle. However, where's the family? Where's the community? Where's the unity? Where's the building of tradition. Students shared this email with Fox 35 sent from interim president Lawrence Drake. He applauds the students for raising their voice and says the school is conducting a complete review of their facilities. They say they have hired CTG construction to assess, renovate, tear down or construct new buildings on campus. They hope to have these repairs done by next school year. Although the students say they've heard this all before. We would like to see these same claims that he's making 
in person, in real time. If you're saying that you're walking around campus, where are you today? NFL Hall of Famer Ed Reed was in the running for the head coaching job when he made comments criticizing the school's facilities. The students who shared images of mold growing on the walls, ceilings, and bedding felt he was right. Reed posted on Instagram in support of the students, telling them to keep going. He did it out of anger, but he has that hunger for us to be better. So he's not a bad man. He's a good man, and I really hope that he can come back and they can reinstate him. Dave Puglisi, Fox 35 News. And that's, and that's right. We've talked a lot about this. You know, he did speak out of anger, but he spoke the truth. Yes. And, and it's really great to see these student activists, these student organizers really sort of taking that message and running with it. You know, those pictures that we saw are absolutely unacceptable. Mm. And, you know, and they're yeah, dangerous. I, I, I'm sure the leadership of, of the university didn't appreciate being called out like that. Mm -hmm. But but stuff like that does need to be called out. That is unacceptable. You got mold growing on mm -hmm. bed sheets and on students' clothes. We can do better than that. I think the young woman was absolutely right. We mm -hmm. can do better by the legacy of Mary McLeod Bethune, Dr. Bethune. And why do we have to get to a point where it has to be called out? Where, where, where we are already on, you know, the way left with the situation. No different from uh, how the young people had to raise up at Howard, um, well-respected, the Mecca, and their living conditions. I hope, you know, some of that 90 million and some coins left and they can make sure that that dormitory situation is, is, is still being addressed. But back here to Bethune-Cookman, you know, it, it, when that young lady says, you know, we've heard this before, you know, and, and no one is, no one in authority or no one who's been appointed or elected or whatever the case may be, there's no checks and balances. You know, as these young people have been promised, uh, you know, these, these new conditions, mm -hmm. you know, school year after school year and nothing is being done. You know, Ed Reed might have went about it the wrong way, but he was absolutely correct in, in what he was feeling and what he was seeing. And for that, I get it. It may be time for the alumni to start giving restricted funds right. that go straight to housing at these HBCUs. HBCUs across yeah. know, the board. Yeah. yeah, still ahead. One popular music group is saying goodbye, you don't say. That's right. We'll tell you which group is having a final tour in a new documentary. You're watching Fox Hills Black Report. All right, Soulmates, Run DMC, the iconic hip-hop trio, announced plans for their final concert as a group to take place at Madison Square Garden in New York City this April. I don't believe it. Somebody hold my mule before I break out with, you know, we can't sing the song, rap it, but it's, it's in my heart. The event will be captured as a part of an upcoming documentary, which will be the last time the remaining members of the group will hit the stage together, so they say. Daryl. DMC McDaniels made the announcement during an interview with Rock the Bells, adding that their decision is definite. The final concert will also feature performances from their peers and predecessors, including Ice-T and the Wu-Tang Clan. DMC says the documentary is open to being sold to the highest bidder and tickets to the show will be open to the public. I can't take it. I can't take it. It's all right. It's all right. Just hold it. your mule. I just, can't just take it. Just hold it. Hold your Don't mule. Don't do me, Run DMC. Don't <laughs> do me. Well, uh, from Run DMC to now Angela Bassett mm. made history as the first woman, the first person of color, uh, and uh, a Marvel Studio uh, phenomenon. This Marvel Studio actor uh, has been nominated for an Academy Award for her performance in a comic book adaptation. 
This is her second Oscar nomination. Her first came 29 years ago for Best Actress in What's Love Got to Do With It? Uh, Wakanda Forever failed to earn a Best Picture nomination, but was nominated for costume design, original song, makeup and hairstyling, and visual effects. Bassett is a frontrunner for the Supporting Actress category for her performance as Queen Ramonda. She is the second oldest black woman to be nominated for an acting Oscar behind Ruby D. Bassett says she used her own grief over Chadwick Boseman's death to bring depth to her role as Ramonda. And we uh, love to see it. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I think this is one of those Oscar nominations that feel, feels like it's for not just her part in mm -hmm the Wakanda movie, but for her body of work. She mm -hmm. is just an incredible actress mm -hmm. through and through, whether it's TV or film or on the stage, wherever it is, she's always just giving a thousand percent. And, and it feels like it's it's her time. It's time to give her, you know, her roses, roses that she's earned, by yeah. the way. And, and, and there are a few uh, actresses out there who, you know, have been around for years on top of years uh, who are now, quote unquote, arriving or this is their moment. You know, Shirley, Shirley mm -hmm. Ralph, who we'll get into in, in just a few and, and a few others. I know folks were a little disappointed uh, with her name escapes me right now with the uh, lead actress from Teal uh, not gaining a nomination and then also actress, Danielle Dead Deadwilder. That's right. Yeah. And then the, uh, the actress from um, Woman Warrior uh, Viola Davis, Viola Davis yeah. uh, not getting a, a nomination. You know, I, I think Angela's is, is well deserved. Uh, I would have hoped those other two uh, would have happened because there was so much talk of their performances being Oscar worthy but we'll have to see how that night plays out. That's right. Absolutely. Now off to New York, where former New York Giants player Michael Strahan uh, received his 2,744th star in the Hollywood Walk of Fame. This is actually in LA, so we're not in New York, we're in LA. Uh, that happened on Monday. This makes him the first person in the sports entertainment category to receive the honor. Strahan's star is located at 6918 Hollywood Boulevard in front of the line store. I know exactly where that is. Okay. Uh, Strahan, who is a member of the NFL Hall of Fame, two-time Super Bowl champion and Peabody winning broadcaster, took to Twitter to thank his supporters and says his purpose is to spread joy and happiness, to enjoy everything that comes your way and to make sure that everyone in your life feels important. I didn't know he won a Peabody. Wow, that's yeah, big. Yeah. All right, speaking of the NFL, they announced the pre-reign entertainment picks for the biggest night in sports entertainment, surprising lots of fans, including myself. Emmy and Critics' Choice Award winner Shirley Ralph will be among the performers at the pregame show singing Lift Every Voice and Sing, also known as the uh, Black National Anthem. Ralph announced the news on her Instagram account saying, quote, I'll be singing Lift Every Voice and Sing at Super Bowl 57. See you there. Legendary singer, songwriter, and producer Kenneth Babyface Edmonds, he was shocked too, will also be a part of the pregame entertainment performing America the Beautiful. He went on to say in his post that he, he couldn't believe it and uh, he's going to do uh, he's going to dedicate some of that performances to family members. I do believe his mom uh, was one of those family members that he talked about. So he was very excited. So I don't know if, this, if the uh, Super Bowl people say and hello <laughs> <laughs> and it just blows people away or if it's if it's kind of down the line and it comes to be and it still shocks you it's such a huge moment to be you know whether it's a halftime performer like uh, Ree 
or you know a, a, a performance that's still affiliated with the big game. It's the biggest sporting event in the world, and to be a part of it is amazing. It's amazing, and it's also timely. I mean, this is you know the fact that Shirley Ralph is going to be singing the Black National Anthem at the Super Bowl. I mean, we couldn't have imagined yeah. this uh, in you know the days and weeks following uh, 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 Colin. Um, Who's that? Uh, Colin. Uh, uh, <laughs> the football player, Kaepernick. Kaepernick, oh. Yes. Uh, following Colin Kaepernick taking the knee, yeah. you know, we couldn't have imagined that mm -hmm. one day Shirley Ralph would be singing mm -hmm. the Black National Anthem. I can see that. I can see that. And a lot of people came, Cheryl can go now. Dream girls. Now listen, yeah. she can go. Yeah, this is great. We love, to we love to see it. Yep. Uh, well, moving along, there's no feeling like being free. MC Light's divorce from entrepreneur John Wenchy is now finalized, and she will retain ownership of her music catalog and royalties dating back to the late 1980s. The rapper opened up about her struggles during the divorce on The Real in February 2022, saying, quotes, you just have to be able to let go. Court documents revealed that MC Light and Winchie uh, separated just five months after getting married in Jamaica in August 2017 and that they had a prenuptial agreement in place. MC Light will keep her personal belongings, earnings, and Subaru, among <laughs> other items. All right, Light. Heirs of uh, Gap Band members Robert and Ronnie Wilson have filed a lawsuit in Manhattan federal court claiming that BMG, the publishing giant, has failed and refused to pay royalties for the song Uptown Funk to the Wilson family. The lawsuit claims that BMG either retained all funds due to uh, plaintiffs for its own benefit and enjoyment or wrongfully diverted the money elsewhere. The Wilson brothers were credited as co-songwriters on the Mark Ronson and Bruno Mars hit back in 2015. Uh, BMG also acquired the company that held the rights to Oops Upside Your Head in 2015. The lawsuit is seeking an accounting of money received by defendants, a trial to determine a compensatory uh, compensatory rather damages for the alleged breach of contract and for defendants to pay that amount along with interest costs and attorney fees and look if these uh, heirs uh, to uh, the brothers who I do believe have passed on if it's old you know give it to them and I think it's it's worth it to to you know it'll probably have to play out for a while in court you're hearing about these cases you know take years uh, to come full circle but if they are in fact owe this money and it sounds like they are then fight all the way to the end and get your get your get your father's money. Get it's that money that's owed to you and that legacy. I think that's about right. Mm -hmm. I think that's about right. And good luck to them uh, in doing that. Yeah. I know uh, there are a lot of uh, kids mm -hmm. uh, that are heirs to music icons mm -hmm. that uh, deserve their due and have been getting it. I agree. We'll be right back. You're watching Fox Souls Black Report. All right, Soulmates, NBA great Michael Jordan launches the hashtag Jordan Year 2023 celebration 
with an auction for the notorious B.I.G. Air Jordans. Ooh, in honor of what will be seen as the Jordan year on social media throughout 2023, coupled with the 50th anniversary of hip hop, Air Jordan will hold an auction for one of the 23 pairs of retro Air Jordan 13s designed to commemorate the late rapper Notorious B.I.G. as uh, Nike announced its partnership with the Christopher Wallace Memorial Foundation. That's right. The Sotheby's online auction for the 23 pair of Notorious B.I.G. Air Jordan 13s will last until February 3rd. The special edition sneakers are estimated to sell between $2,300 and $5,200. Bids start at $1.00. Proceeds from the exclusive partnership will benefit the Christopher Wallace Memorial Foundation. Uh, and so, you know, I'll put my bid in for a dollar. Indeed. <laughs> this guy here has plenty of dollars. A British mega entrepreneur has announced a $100 million fund for female funded startup companies. That's right. Stephen Bartlett announced the launch of the Flight Story Fund dedicated to advancing startup companies and investing in what he calls the next female-founded unicorn. The self-made millionaire is focused on uplifting the next generation of entrepreneurs. The plan for FSF is to invest $1 million to $10 million annually for at least 10 Europe-based early stage startup, startups. Bartlett now, is uh, no stranger to the business world. Featured, oh, He's been featured on Forbes 30 over 30, that big list there. And he also launched several successful global companies since 2015. He chats and promotes the work he's done on the highly rated podcast, The Diary of a CEO. I'll have to check that out. Yeah. That's my first time kind of, I've seen him before, I just didn't know that that was his name. It's, yeah, it's good to see folks investing. It is good to see you know, I mean, while there's lots of layoffs that we've reported mm -hmm. on, mm -hmm. uh, I know there's a lot of DEI professionals, mm -hmm. you know, where their jobs seem a little bit yeah. shaky, but good to see that we're investing in in some founders. And, uh, and I'm the Cordelai Cortez. And I'm Courtney Hicks. Now that we're wrapping up, I'm going to invest in helping you clear off this snow. <laughs> Thanks for watching. Stay lifted. Stay lifted, y'all. <laughs>